Welcome to Showing Up Solo with Hannah and Nicole, your guides to navigating online marketing for your business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Showing Up Solo. Today, Nicole and I are joined by Audrey Joy Kwan of AJK Consulting. Audrey is an, a business growth strategist. Audrey, could you tell us a little bit about what exactly that is and what you do for your clients? Yeah, I help creators and consultants and um, strategists build businesses where client work isn't dependent on them to scale. That's what I do. That's the basis of the, the work that I um, am focused on in my business. Wow. So making sure the client work isn't dependent on them. That sounds, that sounds like a great idea, doesn't it, Nicole, as someone who... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. So I'm really curious of like how, what would be someone like, what would be some signs that someone is going through um, that they're like, you know, I'm, this is what my business looks like. I need someone like Audrey in my life. What, what would that look like? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Someone who needs an Audrey in their life would be at a place in their business where they're bumping up against capacity issues. So a capacity issue is where they can't take on any more clients or they might feel like they're going to explode. And because they have that capacity issue, they also have a revenue ceiling that they've hit. Okay. Uh, I, I can understand that capacity issue. It is tough when you're doing it's, it almost seems counterintuitive, but it can be really tough when your business is going really well because suddenly you have all these leads and hopefully if everyone's doing their marketing um, <laughs> the way they should be, that will, that will be the problem, getting leads. But then you kind of, you just don't have room to take any more on. And so what does someone do when they've, they've reached that capacity? Like what is the next step? Mm -hmm. How do you get out of that? I am a big believer in systems and processes. So it really is identifying the systems that you need to put into place and the processes that you need in your business so that uh, you can have someone come into your business and support you to do some of that work, which then frees you up to do other things. Uh, you can imagine if you're in a business where you are doing all the service delivery, there's no time for you to go out and market your business or uh, do sales. And so the goal uh, of getting systems and processes into your business is to free the business owner up to do more of the work that helps build the business. Yes, oh, that's so important. Yeah, so it sounds like creating those like uh, routinely things that like the systems and processes you're saying that allows them to focus themselves on other things, not just spread themselves thinly across everything where, you know, as soon as they're getting a new lead in, instead of having that panic feeling of like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Not like I can't take on another person. Now they're able to work through that mm -hmm. and continue uh, growing. Yeah, yeah. Like if you think of a, a, a business, a business at its core, I know a lot of people are not gonna wanna hear this, is a well-oiled machine, right? So that's what a true great business is at its very core, well-oiled machine. And I think when people think about processes and systems in their business, they can tend to get really overwhelmed because they think, okay, well, where, where do I even start, right? And that's often a question that people ask. I think that when you think about processes and systems, the way that you look at 
the systems in your business is really important. What I mean by that is like every business has like five core systems. Okay. Like it, it really boils down to five core systems. And those systems are marketing, sales, delivery, human, human resources, and administration, right? So marketing are the things that you do to create visibility. Sales are things that you do to convert people into buyers. Delivery is how do you deliver your service? Human resources, that's the hiring and training. And administration is usually finances for small business, small business owners. I love how, sorry, Hannah, uh, I love, really love how you split it all up into different um, themes, because I think a lot as business owners, you kind of forget um, how they are different, but they all rely on, like, it's a marriage of all of them. So I yes, really liked how you explained that. Yeah, yeah everything has to work together. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, they're like core functions in your business. And without those core functions, your business can't make money. And when you have a business, you're in it to make money. Otherwise, it's a hobby. And I think when you start to think of your business as systems, you're able to then take one system and understand or develop the process underneath that system, right? So a system is a core function in your business required for your business to make money. A process are activities that are inside that system that work together to make that system function. And so if you think of processes and systems, if you think of where to start, the best thing to do is to choose one service, one system. That's how we start, right? If you're thinking of scaling a business, we're thinking of putting processes and systems in, my philosophy is always one service, one system. I love that because mm -hmm. it, you're right. Like you don't have to, I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of, okay, if I'm going to start bringing someone in and outsourcing, they're going to have to take over all the duties that I do. Like, and it, it's not, it's like, you just, you start with one element of the business and, and get that running smoothly and then you you start to work your way through it I love that concept I also love the way that you explain the difference between processes and systems because I think mm -hmm. often we can hear those two words and think of them as interchangeable um, yeah. and and so yeah it's it's um it's kind of like and correct me if I'm wrong here but like the system is the cake <laughs> and the the process is the recipe for like that end result of a cake yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I love that analogy. I think that. Yeah, me too. I love it. Well, <laughs> now we, I want cake. <laughs> <laughs> I think we think of um a business that is able to grow. We have to really look at uh, the actual product delivery or service delivery for um for business owners, and and that's usually where I actually recommend that we start. Right. So if we think of growing a business. Typically, we need to start at looking at the delivery system and the process underneath that, because if you can't tighten that up and you can't get the process out for delivery, you're always going to be stuck being the one doing all that work. The work's always going to be dependent on you. Right? So usually when we come across or most often the people that I work with, they have that capacity issue. So we start with the delivery processes. And when we start with delivery processes, there's one thing that we do consistently, and that is we help our people, our clients, prioritize their actual services. So prioritize and streamline their actual services. And I think um, for any business owner, uh, the work is taking what they deliver and 
looking at it and making sure that it's efficient enough. And when it's efficient enough, that means that it's, you're able to get someone else to come and help you deliver it. Then you can grow the business. I, I think, um, that is so important. I know from my own experience as a solo business owner, it's very tempting, especially in the early stages, sort of customize every service for every client. You know, you have a conversation mm-hmm. and they want a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B and you whip together a custom offering. Um, and then when you try to bring some help on, I've experienced this myself. I'm like, okay, well, but for this person, it's like this. I mean, even the person who does my finances has had such a headache me trying to explain the breakdown of the services mm-hmm. with all the custom packages. Mm-hmm. Since I've moved to like, these are the services that I offer. This is what the deliverables are. It's just so much easier as a business owner because then I know, okay, when I do this package, this person's going to do this. This person's going to do this. I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. it's going to be this much money and it's going to be this time frame. And it's easier to predict what's coming, I think, in the, yeah. on the horizon. Oh yeah, like Hannah, I think what you're you're speaking to is this idea of prioritizing your services, right? And so prioritizing your services really means making sure that what you have as a package, it, it there's no scope creep. That means that you're you're not adding things randomly in there just because a client's like, well, I think I need this. And you're not just popping something in there because the client says you think you need it. You really, you really set your packages and you know that your packages can deliver a result. And because you know that package can deliver a result, you don't have your clients come in and deviate from that. Like they're not coming in saying, I need this, I need that. And then you're not customizing. Because I think the customizations in service delivery is what makes it hard to scale, right? What makes it really hard to scale. Now, that's not to say, because I work a lot with um, service-based business owners who are um, building what I call the agency model. So they're service providers. That's not to say that you can't offer multiple different types of services, right? You can, right? But that that one service that you offer should be run a very specific way. And then you have a second service offer that should be run a very specific way. So you can have multiple different productized services inside a service-based business, which is an agency at its core. That's very interesting. So because I heard you say earlier that, you know, the first thing that you believe is as a business owner is they should look at um, the delivery of services. So once someone has started looking at that, what would be the biggest learning um, place for them in terms of um, making it uh, easier for them as a company to grow, but also to be a CEO or uh, a leader of other kind of staff, what what would you, your recommend, recommendations be in that? Can I, can I clarify that question? Yeah. So what would, what would your recommendations be in terms of someone who's moved from the delivery beat, the deliverables, the, mm-hmm. how do they continue growing from there? What would be the next step? Right. So from what I can understand, what would be, the question is, if someone has fully prioritized their service, if someone has fully prioritized their service and they have created the processes for that service, what is the next step Mm -hmm. for that? Yeah. Would it be hiring people? Would it be? uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question. So I think when someone has prioritized their service and they have the processes for their services, the next 
uh, like you mentioned, the next objective is to determine who can come in and um, fulfill the shoes of delivering that service, right? So it's a matter of building your team, right? To support mm-hmm. that service itself. I think that when we talk about building teams, um, I, you know, I'm a big believer in what I call not just spraying and praying with job descriptions. I'm a big believer in um, really strategically hiring and strategic hiring doesn't mean, doesn't just mean, oh, I think I need someone for this role. I have an idea of what this role looks like. I'm just going to write down a piece of paper, the things I think I need them to do and, and spray and pray. So put it out there and pray that someone comes in and, and fills that role. I think for me, where it really starts after you prioritize your service and start to look at the processes um, on how to deliver that service and are confident that, you know, what those processes that it can be delivered by someone else. The next step is really to design what I call your, your team chart, right? So you've got, you've got to know what the actual team looks like to actually support delivering that service. And so designing that team chart really comes next because that's then that then helps you to go ahead and figure out who needs to be in the right seats in your business to grow the business. That's interesting. I've never heard of the the spray and pray term, but I'm I'm so curious about it, especially like as you say like coming up with the strategy of who's going to fill the seats and what are those seats that they're filling. So yeah, and I think that's some that's a um a role that a lot of um just going coming from a VA background, people can fall into. Uh, I think it's very tempting to be like, I've got too much work. I need just someone to take some of it. And you just kind of throw all the things you don't like doing off, like off your to-do list and hand them over to someone. Rather than finding, you end up with a generalist who's a little bit, knows a little bit about everything rather than a specialist who can maybe Mm -hmm. execute what you need to execute in a really efficient way. And I, I I getting what I'm getting from you, Audrey, is that it's better to like get three specialists than one person and hope they can do handle all of the roles because you're basically asking them to wear a lot of hats. Yeah, I think when you look at a prioritized service and you have the processes flushed out, it becomes a lot more apparent to you on what seats need to be filled, right? So let's say, for example, um, you are a web design agency or web design consultancy and branding is one of your services inside that business. Well, branding just isn't just, you brand. <laughs> That's not the prioritized service, right? So in a prioritized service, branding could be an element of research, strategy, and then design, right? So it could be these three categories, right? And so if you look at those three categories, you need to ask yourself who's delivering on those three categories. Maybe as a business owner, uh, you are a business owner because you can do all three things. The reality is that if you are going to bring someone in to do this, it might not be one person who does all three things because you have to remember someone could do that. They might have their own business. Right? And so, and they might be building their own business. So if you can look at the breakdown of how you deliver something, i.e. the product itself, then you're able to strategically go ahead and think about what piece in that, in that process can be hired out right now to create more freedom for you. So we're doing it strategically, right? And so at that point in time, when you know who can fill what roles, you're then looking at, of course, how much money you have to work with, and you're aligning it up to make sure that the person you bring in to fill that role still makes the product profitable. And it frees you up a little bit right now. But once it frees you up a little bit, you can then go out there, make more money, come back and hire for the next role, right? So very strategic in how we build a business using systems processes and strategic hiring. Yeah, 
I think I've got cake on the brain, but I'm, cause I'm picturing a bakery analogy again, but like, if you're, let's just say you, you're like, you're an at-home baker and you want to start your own bakery shop and you've got like three signature cake recipes that everybody loves, like your yeah. carrot cake, your chocolate cake and uh, your strawberry shortcake or something. And um, you can, you can productize, those are those three products, right? And then you oh, can yeah. get someone in who their only responsibility is to make the chocolate cake and someone else whose only responsibility is to decorate the chocolate cake. And then once you've got them making chocolate cakes that look amazing, then you do the carrot cake and then the strawberry shortcake or the whatever it is. I obviously want some cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too now. (laughs) But see, like I can see it very simply in those processes. And then then you need, then you could bring someone on to sell those cakes and another person to market this. And sorry, I can see how the pieces fit together. It's a little harder to see those pieces when you are a service-based business provider but I think if you can think of your service as a cake it's a lot easier to break up those roles Mm -hmm. oh my gosh you said something that's so uh, it's just so key you said that as the actual business owner slash service provider it's really hard to look into your business at times and pull out the pieces right and I I think that is true of many if not most uh entrepreneurs out there because if you think about your your special magic sauce, a thing that makes the, the the service go really well, that lives in your head, right? It, it's right in your head. And because it lives in your head, sometimes what we're asking people to do when you say, hey, let's pull the magic out of your head so that it's not just you doing all the work, we're really asking them to be like these contortionists, right? So it's like you have to contort in this weird way to look inside your brain and pull out all that goodness, right? A mentor once had said this to me, and this is a great analogy as well too. And she had said, it's kind of like you're inside a bottle and someone's asking you to read the label on that bottle. It's really difficult, right? Yeah. But I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right. When it comes to systems and processes, there's, especially in service delivery, there's this mix, right? And I call it the, I call it the, the, the craft and the art or the art and craft. What that means is like, there's a craft to how you do things. And that craft is like the production work, right? It could be the production work. And sometimes when you think of the craft, it could be really easy for you to see the steps of like A to B to C to E, whatever that is, right? But there's this other side to it. And the other side is what I call the art, right? The art could be strategy. It's whatever that magic is that helps the entrepreneur do this thing that that really helps client feel really helps clients feel really special. And that that 20% is what we call art, like 20% remaining is art. And that 20% is the part that is the hardest to get out of the entrepreneur or the business owner's head. And yet what's really amazing is that, and true is that that 20% is really what makes the rest of that 80% work really well. So if you ever heard of the 80-20 rule, it's the, I always have a hard time pronouncing it. I call it the 80-20 rule, but there's a name to it, Pareto's Principle. Mm-hmm. Pareto's principle where it's like 20% of the things you do create like 80% of the results. This mm-hmm. is also really true of like productizing your service delivery and getting the processes done for your service delivery. The 80% that is the easiest, that's great. You know, that's wonderful. The 20% that is the hardest, that is the true magic that, you know, that's the stuff that most entrepreneurs have the hardest time getting out their head and putting down and getting someone else to help them deliver. So that's so interesting that you say that. What is like, what are some tools or is there someone that you should talk to or who can support you to get that art, that 20% out of you? Because like you said, it's hard for entrepreneurs because they get, you know, caught in their head. It's hard to look outside the walls. So what do you suggest in like finding that art? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the fastest way is to get someone to come in and help you pull that out. And that's the fastest way to do it. And it saves you time. It saves you money. Um, and that's not just that's not just a plug, but really, <laughs> really the tr- really the truth of, of the matter. I, you know, and if you are DIYing it, here's what I would really suggest. Um, I think it's really hard for you to sit down with a piece of paper and try to figure out what your magic is, right? Because the the magic is not just the how, it's the why, right? Like you've really got to be able to share the why in your magic and then turn the why into resources and tools that other people can follow. And that in mm-hmm. itself is really hard to do by, by yourself. And so if you're DIYing this, you know, enlist a friend, right? Bring someone in who's really close to you, have them sit down with you. Maybe you trade services with them. I don't know, but you know, have them sit down with you and talk through what you think is your magic, right? See if they can capture it down in a piece of paper. And then you can take that piece of paper back and figure out, okay, how will I turn this into resources and tools that will better help guide my team to, to complete this? It's almost like you need to have a conversation with a three-year-old who just goes, why, why, why every time you give an answer until you can't say, until you can't give any more answers until you've like baked it down to its real essence. Yeah. Like a good example is uh, when you, when you have a business owner who has like a, um, a very special recipe in doing something. Um, So let's say, let's say it's a copywriter. So I have a copywriter client and um, she specializes in writing copy for healthcare websites, okay? And in order to do that, she relies quite heavily on her onboarding process to do that. There's a magic in her onboarding process, right? And so she thinks that the magic is that onboarding document, right? Where she goes in and asks the clients all these questions and then from the questions there's a whole bunch of answers and so from those answers she is able to use her magic brain to figure out all these things from that onboarding document right so she thinks she thinks that the tool or resource that someone um, that if she hired someone all they would need is that that onboarding document right but it's not true because that onboarding document doesn't provide enough instruction or direction on what she's looking for when she's actually interviewing someone in the onboarding, right? So the work is to really pull out what's going through the brain of the person, the entrepreneur who's interviewing that person in the onboarding, right? What questions is going through the, their, their own brain? What patterns are they looking for when they're doing that? Pulling those things out and saying, here's the onboarding thing. Now here's the instructions or what I actually do when I'm asking these questions. This is what's going through my brain. Here's how I want you to think too when you're going through these questions. Do you see the extra layer of magic that we have to pull out there? That one resource of the onboarding document with the questions in there is not enough to support someone you hire in to do the work, right? Because you haven't pulled the magic out yet. And the magic because if it was that easy, you would just sky's the limit, right? You mm-hmm. just keep handing like photocopying that photocopy the onboarding sheet, keep it it on. people, and suddenly you've got an empire. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Audrey, I think you've given us so much to think about, and I think we could talk about this forever. Honestly, yeah. it's such an interesting, and it's given me so much to think about. I'm already my, the wheels are turning in my head. Um, also I'm thinking a lot about cake, (laughs) um, but Audrey, um, what I would like to know from you, um, final thoughts, basically for a lot of our audience are solopreneurs and they're kind of at that level where they're about to move up to the next stage, the next phase of their business. Do you have any 
like last little golden nuggets of advice for them? As a solopreneur, moving into the next level, um, you know, I, I think as a, as a solopreneur, the hard part about being a solopreneur is that your time at this point, at this stage of your business is divided between really two key activities. That's delivering your service, service delivery and marketing, right? And so my key nugget is that you can get distracted when you're a solopreneur, just growing your business. And if you're, you know, if you're under, if you're under um, the, the eight figure mark, so eight figure per month, so sorry, in high figure, sorry, $8,000 per month. If you're under, that's a little crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. If you're under, like if you're under the $8,000 per month, you know, it can feel more stressful because you're at the place where you have limited resource to bring people into your business. And um, I think at that place, you know, obviously it's not going to make sense for you to hire out your entire delivery process. It really is going into your delivery process, figuring out, like we mentioned, right. Well, the layers of that cake, right. And pulling out at least one layer, just one layer to start and bringing someone else to help you do that layer. And then making sure that those processes are tight. Right. And that will free you up some more time to do your marketing. So if I were to, that's the advice I would have for solo printing. So probably under the $8,000 per month mark and how to approach um, their, their service delivery to make more room for themselves. I love that, that uh, recommendation because it's instead of looking, taking a big bite out of the cake, it's essentially like taking little nibbles and working. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Audrey. We are so lucky to have had you as a guest. And um, if anyone listening, um, is not too distracted by their urge to go to the bakery. <laughs> How can they find you, get in touch or work with you? Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. So we've developed a program called the Mighty Pod Model. It's a high-touch coaching program for creators and consultants who are stressing about their business going down the sink if they stop working. So inside that Mighty Pod Model, Mighty Pod Model program that we have, Uh, We help streamline service delivery and help our clients create a pod team model so that client work isn't dependent on them to scale. If anyone is interested in learning more about the Muddy Pod model, they can come over to my website, AudreyJoyQuan.com, or they can simply just send me an email at support at AudreyJoyQuan.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Audrey. Um, You've given us a lot to think about and... I think a really different way to think about yeah. business um, certainly given me a fresh, a fresh perspective. So thank you again for coming and thank you everybody yeah. for tuning in today and we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks Bye. everyone. Bye. Want more from Hannah and Nicole? Make sure to sign up for the Showing Up Solo membership, a monthly membership with guest experts, free resources, and a members-only invite to our live content batching sessions. A wonderful opportunity to meet new people and get advice from Hannah and Nicole live in person. And as always, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. See you next time.